0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Here in the old city of Jerusalem, overlooking the Western Wall, the um, you know my biggest fear is is social anxiety, and uh, being being not just being in front of people, but even being around people is is you know so horribly frightening that that there was a point in my life where my fear of people got so strong that it, it kind of directed its way to my colon, and I got to the point where I couldn't digest. I mean, it started with milk products, then it went to, like, fried foods, and then it went to protein, and then it went to... And, and then it just went to everything. until The only thing I could digest was water. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you know, I got a phone call from the hospital saying, When's your, when would you like to have your colon removed? We need to make an appointment. And um, anyway, and then finally later I was able to break through it and thank God I healed my whole digestion and I can eat anything unless it's, of course, the 10th of Tavis when I can eat nothing. So so, so the, um, anyway, that's my, my biggest, biggest anxiety. And, and the fact that I can stand up here in front of you is a major victory and especially be as relaxed as I am and deal with... I'm, I'm treating you all like you're just my friends. Sorry, it's my mother-in-law. <laughs> the fact that I'm treating you like you're my friends, which you are, you know, I don't know you that well, but you're like my friends. And the fact that I treat you like my friends is uh, is a real testimony to how far you can go. And the fact that I healed my body also. like, like I, I healed my body, and I can be relaxed with you and, and um, feel at peace here is, uh, is a really, really nice thing. And I, I, the way I got to that was, was by finally making the connection. I was able to draw a connection with the fact that I had been lying to myself since I was 10 years old when I was 10 years old, I had a horribly embarrassing moment, which was the stupidest thing ever. But all I was doing, I was just going to the bathroom in, in a, um, it was at my brother's bar mitzvah. I was just going to the bathroom at my brother's bar mitzvah, which is like, you know, and that's all I was doing. And, and I, I think I, I didn't lock the door and a girl in my brother's bar mitzvah class, 13 year old girl walked into the men's bathroom by accident, opened the door and Saw she was in the wrong bathroom and closed the door. And the whole thing wasn't more than a tenth of a second. And left. And she left. She left the building. And, I mean, she left the bathroom, went to the women's bathroom. And, but I went and locked the door and then sat back down and cried for three hours straight. Missed the dancing, missed the pictures, missed everything. And I was absolutely devastated. I mean, beyond belief devastated. And it took me another 23 years to walk out of that bathroom. I was 33 years old, working for a guitar, like kiruv professional, playing my guitar for crowds, and and uh, being the hotshot, cool rabbi, and and of course ignoring my wife and kids, and, and ignoring you know my Torah studies, and ignoring my you know real devotion to God, and just like just like conquering more and more social environments. And even in the meantime became Hasidic because like at a certain point I realized the Hasidim still think I'm a goy, you know, as when I was a Litvak. So like I become Hasidic in the process and, and like anyway, but I woke up in the bathroom 23 years later with my colon to be removed, which is very interesting that the connection between that, that happening in the bathroom and getting a phone call saying, what day would you like your colon removed? You know, really interesting and and then I, but I finally realized where it was all coming from, and that i was playing I was playing this I was uh, kind of running this fake personality that I had created that my wife was married to, and my kids were being raised by and and uh, you know I was, I, and there was nothing real there there was nothing true, there was nothing authentic it was when I was teaching a class, was I teaching or was was I giving or taking? Which one? Taking. When I was playing a concert, was I giving a concert or taking? Taking. When I went home at night, at the end of a concert and to a, or to a hotel, where I was wherever whatever country I was in, was I fulfilled or was I empty? Mm-hmm. Empty. And and I I, I missed all that. I, I wasn't seeing it, and the reason I wasn't seeing it is because. Is because human beings create narratives around their dysfunction. Human beings create narratives around their dysfunction. We create, uh, say that in simple English, is we create a story around things that don't work for us. Meaning, meaning, uh, it's, is it functional for a human being to see himself as I saw myself in that bathroom that day? Is it functional? I'm sorry. Is it? Is it? Um, yeah. Is it functional, or real, or true? to see yourself as unwanted, as unacceptable, as a loser? Is that okay to see yourself as a loser? How far do you have to read into Genesis to know you're not a loser? Yeah, the yeah, first chapter basically says we're all made in the image of God. And, and since you're here, you're obviously wanted. And... and you know, and since you have a sense of purpose, it means you must be created, created uh, specifically designed to contribute something here, and which means you're capable. And despite the education mismatch you might have had growing up with the education system, you're probably pretty brilliant in some way or another. God gave you some kind of smarts for some kind of task here, and, and so you're probably pretty brilliant. And, and you're probably pretty beautiful as well. You know, given that that you see you can see when someone's loved, they're beautiful and when they don't believe that, they don't look so beautiful. And yet you could see their features would have been beautiful had they only known how loved they were. And then they would be beautiful. That's why they say there's no ugly bride on her wedding day. It's because when a couple hundred people come out to say we love you to the bride she she's beautiful because she shines from within and that's where beauty is in every human being it's when they shine from within they're irresistible and so and so we're all willing to lie a little bit and live inauthentically and and um and dysfunctionally, yet, yet dis, we somehow believe that dysfunction with a narrative, like dysfunction with a good story, is functional. That dysfunction plus a narrative equals functional. Now, that might be good, because I, I mean, what would you say are the percentage of people in the world right now living dysfunctionally, meaning in how they see themselves is not functional, Yet they've created a narrative around it and call this functional. And this is who I'm offering to be married. You know, if you'd like to marry me, you know, that's, who, that's what's being offered is this whole story around dysfunction. So, Because that's what... Uh, what percentage of the people you think of the world are doing this right now? 100%. <laughs> it's probably 100%. Except for those who've caught it. I had to catch it. I, wasn't go- I didn't want to go to surgeries. So I had to, something... You know, there's no atheist in a foxhole. Like, something had to to happen. You know, I had to... I I either was going into surgery or I was going to have to break through something. Big time. Thank God I broke through it. So, but this would all be... You know, listen, if uh, if you... I don't know, it's 100%, but if you want to say it's 100% of 7 billion people are playing this game. So then... Is that okay no. is is when enough people are doing something, does that make it okay no. you know if if enough Nazis believe Jews need to be exterminated, does it become okay? you know apparently it, some people look at it that way, but but I think that there's another thing active here there's another whole um, there's another thing going on here, and that's called that's called s and because of emis, emis means truth, because of emis, so it's not okay. That's why, because it's not okay. And, it's, and so if you're living in some kind of dysfunction about meaning how you look at yourself, an inauthentic way of seeing yourself, and you've created a whole narrative around it that somehow cushions it such that you can perpetuate your seeing yourself that way. But it's not true, so then it's not emis. Now, how long is your life here, from birth to death? How long will your life be, from birth to death? One hundred twenty <laughs> How long, from birth to death, will your life be? Eighty-nine years. Eighty-nine. One hundred twenty. Why? Not long enough. Not long enough. <laughs> okay. So the answer is, you ready? Drum roll. The answer is, zero time will have elapsed from your birth to your death. Zero time will have elapsed because zero time has ever elapsed. Time is a relative thing; it has to do with, uh, you know, moving bodies in a relationship like the Earth and the Moon and the Sun and the, you know, like there's. Have you ever experienced time? Have any of you ever experienced time once in your life? Never, never experienced. What have you only experienced? The presence now. Now, the present moment, that is the only time you've ever experienced in your life. You have zero experience ever. Not one person in this room has ever experienced time, yet all of you live your life as if it exists. Again, it's another narrative you've created. You've created, I mean, this is a separate narrative, very separate than the one we've been talking about. But you've created a narrative that there's something called time. Even though you've never once experienced it. Now, what do you call someone who believes in something that they've never once experienced? Yeah, there's a w- worse word. It begins with a C. Uh, crazy. crazy. Because if the reality is is you've never experienced time, that's reality, and you've been thinking all this time there's something called time, and that it's some kind of thing, some continuum called time that you somehow walk along. So that means you're out of touch with reality. What's another different? What's the word you call someone who's out of touch with reality? What's the word? Crazy. What's someone in touch with reality saying? What is someone out of touch with reality? Crazy. Yeah, so you're basically crazy. Because you think there's such a thing as time. How much time has elapsed since your birth till your death? None. Well, none that you've experienced. But, like, yeah, we could show you pictures from your childhood. So, obviously, like, there is a concept of time. It's just not necessarily something you can experience. So, there is time. Time is conceptual. It is not experiential. So there's such, a con- there's such a concept as time. There's not such a thing as time. There's a concept of time. Now, what does this have to do with anything? What this has to do with is that we're being beamed down here by an infinite being who is literally doing it via vibrational mathematical frequencies. This whole world is just a digital simulation. And it's being beamed down at all times. He's mechadesh v'tuv v'choyim to mid ma'aseh He is renewing perpetually the whole the entire, what? Ma'ase v'reshit. The actions of bereshit Well, what are the actions of bereshit Well, there's let there be light, and there's let there be this, and there's let there be that, and let the earth... Let there be earth, which is mineral, and let there be animals upon the earth, which is animal, and let there be vegetation upon the earth, which is plant. And God is perpetually creating that from nothing into something at all times. That's why there's no time. Time is a conceptual thing. But the reason there's no time is because God is creating it now. All of it now. So if he were to remove right now, let there be animals upon the earth, every person in here wearing wool. Would no longer be wearing it, so you'd you'd see my vest would be gone, my pants would be gone. I'd be very happy I wear gotkas because yeah, ain't nobody got time for me getting caught in their tidy whities. Yeah, so I wear gotkas which are the long white Hasidic underwear, which are fabulous for yoga, by the way, and not to mention hot days when you just got to take off your pants. You know, like only Hasidim get to take off their pants and chill. So, anyway, the. Um, He's from Vegas. He's used to entertainment. Yeah. He's got a good sense of humor. So, the God is creating something from nothing at all times. Think about it. Before there was something, what was there? Everyone say nothing. Before there was something, what was there? Nothing. nothing. Now, that's whether you're a scientist, a Kabbalist, no matter who you are, before there was something, there was nothing. Now, it's not like they don't theorize on what that nothing must have been, because obviously if you're an atheist, it's very uncomfortable to have nothing make something. Like the Jews say, we say nothing made something. And that we're cool with that, because we believe that nothing is a you know, this infinite being that can create things out of nothing. But if you're not a believer, you're in big trouble with there being nothing before there's something. And yet they all know that. And that's why they have a department in most big universities called theoretical physics because they're there to stare at their belly buttons all day and theorize. I've yet to meet a theoretical physics who doesn't smoke a lot of cannabis. I think it helped. I didn't say there's anything wrong with it, but, you know, after a while, you just get a little more creative, I guess, when you're doing that and come up with more theories and write another grant paper and (laughs) get more money to support your habit. By the way, it'll never go away because... The theoretical physics are the high priests of the atheist world. Everyone has to have their leaders. And the theoretical physicists are the high priests because all they have to do is sit in university, stare at their belly button, and theorize. Because they can't live with themselves that they know deep down that it's nothing that made the something. Whereas we're, we're cool with that. We're very cool with that. And this is why, obviously, when atheists argue with christians in america on youtube or whatever it's like it's such a waste because the atheist wipes the they just mop the floor with the with the christian but if they tried it with the jew the jews like we're in agreement bro we also believe it's nothing it's just that you got to come up with some theory how nothing made something and we we got it we got a patent you know we we know exactly what made this something because the only, the only nothing that can make something would be the same being that's orchestrating your very life and orchestrating everything. And how could, no matter what they theorize, I promise you, it can't orchestrate your life. Yet, every single person, raise your hand if you've noticed some orchestration in your life. Okay, so like, okay, there goes theoretical physics. Because they've never theorized on something that can handle your life. Not to mention some ant on an anthill in the Amazon right now. Or, you know, the little smorgasbord that's going to be coming for the anteater in another hour. It's all being organized. Everything. So since you're in a digital simulation that comes into existence from absolutely nothing at all times, that means that from your birth till your death, no time will have elapsed. But let me give it to you in another way, and maybe you'll understand it better this way. You have a soul, and your soul, as we've been talking about the last few days, you have a soul, and your soul is made of, you know, it's, it's very, very large. It's not one-to-one. It's not like with all my heart and all my soul, you know, which is one-to-one. It's not vodka Red Bull, okay? It is body with, like, you're, like, you're one body ratio of one to an infinite soul. That's part of God. I mean, what what is a soul? What how many? What number would you give a soul? It's it doesn't have number. It doesn't have edge. There's no edge or limit to it. The miracle is that it even hangs around your body. I mean, you guys know. I don't know how much you know, but it, it doesn't take a lot of YouTube researching that to know that there is massive debate over what in the world the consciousness is we have. They don't debate whether we have consciousness. They just debate where is it coming from. Because it's not available in brain science. They have never found it. It, There is no I, meaning the I, the you, your point of reference. There is no I in an MRI. They can search for it. It's not going to be there. Your consciousness does not show up in physical reality. And yet it's there. You're listening to me with it. right you're aware that you're aware don't aren't you aware that you're aware is everyone here say yes if you're aware that you're aware yes. Yes. yes well what is that awareness of your awareness meaning i know the second awareness is the fact that there's sound waves hitting your eardrums which by the way are all just digital this is not english it's just frequencies crossing the room hit a tympanic membrane That sends all the math. You know, like let's say it's an A, which is 440 oscillations per second. And then it's going into your eardrum like a little drummer going 440 drum beats. Little drummer monkey going on your eardrum. It's going to the cerebral cortex. The neurons then are are collecting massive mathematical equations. But what are your neurons? It's just billions of ones and zeros. It's just fires or doesn't fire. fire, Fires or doesn't fire. One or zero. And they put it all together, match it to every English you've ever heard in the past, and then say, oh, English, I think I could understand this class. And the crazy thing is I'm the one producing these sound waves, which is like, how do I do that? Like, how do we produce speech? And it's amazing if you look in Torah, the connection between soul and speech, because that same soul, that consciousness that we cannot find is what makes speech, because we're the only ones with that consciousness, and we're the ones with the speech. While all other creatures, they got brains, but they ain't got speech. They have communication. They communicate for sure. But they ain't got speech. They can't talk like we can. They can There are a lot of things they can't do like we can. There's something soul inside of you that just creates airplanes. There's something inside of you that creates Teslas. And, and it's inside of you, and it's your soul that does that basic communication so we would be able to survive, we probably wouldn't need the soul. But there's something so much higher inside of you. To hear a violin play or a band play, creatively, craft beer. It's all from the soul. Now, now, no time has elapsed your entire life. All that exists is God creating existence from absolute nothing to something. He perpetuates it. If he were to stop perpetuating for a second, all of us would disappear. I give the example of the wool disappearing. But what if he just stopped the whole thing? The whole thing would disappear. Well, the answer is he is stopping it. He's just stopping it so quickly because it's coming something from nothing. So he's stopping it and starting it, stopping it and starting it very quickly. And that's why when you don't observe when you don't observe the when you don't observe something in physics it shows up as particles. It actually shows up in particles and the second you observe it it becomes waves. Which is really strange. But he's he's beaming this place into existence. And if you don't observe it, so it's it's a purely static existence. But the second that you observe it, it shifts to waves. They've proven this already. Non-observed waves become particles, and the second you observe the particles, they become waves again. Meaning we're all in, we're all like in this. This thing's mated to our consciousness. It, the whole system's mated to our conscious experience. Now, not that it needs your consciousness; it exists without you thinking about it. But it is completely mated to your consciousness. But here might illustrate a little better how no time's elapsed, and then I want to explain why I'm mentioning no time elapsed. Let's say you were in the world of souls, because souls, souls are, your soul's in the world of souls, but right now the very bottom of the world of souls is allowing this little finger to stick in and this little membrane at the end to, like, click interface USB, like click into your head, connecting to your neurons, Which are reporting to that awareness, of that conscious awareness, which we just spoke about. So your conscious awareness is the very end. It's like the thinnest little membrane of your entire soul. It's just a thin membrane that click. And then the neurons start reporting to it. Then the neurons start reporting. Now, when you die, you know what it does? It just goes click. It just unclicks. Just unclicks. That's it. I feel bad for the people you leave behind, obviously. But you've just unclicked. And now that you have unclicked, so the whole thing that stretched down to your brain just goes like back in. It just goes back in. Where, Where is it? Well, I don't know. But it's there right now. You can imagine yourself walking down a street in the Jewish quarter, and it's just kind of like behind you, like it's you know. If you start running, it's like kind of behind you. It's like flowing behind you as you, as you're running. It's not like that, but I want you to start to see yourself as way bigger. And yesterday we spoke about the fact that you should be very careful what you put in it, meaning what what websites you're willing to click on or what movies you're willing to watch. And I've just made a rule for me because I love all arts, including cinema. So I've, I've just made a rule. If I want to enjoy something, it's got to have meet three standards: no sexuality, no, um, no uh, um, swearing and no violence. Why? Because whatever is while it's clicked in here, so it's now totally subject to whatever input. And, and I want to tread lightly. I want to be gentle to it, because it's eternal. And it's already in the world of eternity, and I don't want to mess it up. Certainly, I don't want to mess my own ability to connect to the eternal by you know meaning meaning if I if I rape it. So good luck connecting in prayer, you know. And it's not like you can't purify, but you know that's a lot of mikvahs, and it's a lot of uh, you know, and it's a lot of like abstinence, and you're going to have to like repurify yourself, and that could take God knows how long. Until you'd start to feel stuff again. You're resensitizing yourself to something is especially spirituality, it's effort. It takes a lot. Now, the so you want to be careful of it, but let me go back to the time elapse of your lifespan. Is that imagine in the world of souls, there's another person who's hanging out right with you, so to speak, in the world of souls. You know, based on their own times, how many times they were reincarnated and everything they've been through, they wound up right where you are. And then what happens? You get tapped on the proverbial shoulder. You don't have a shoulder. Obviously, there's no body there. But you get tapped, so to speak, on the shoulder. And God says, guess what? We've got the perfect family set up. It's been 367 years since you were on earth. But right now, we've got the exact siblings that you've been traveling around with, the exact parents. It's perfect. We've got the setup. It's been recreated. We want you down there. At which point you're like, hell no, we won't go. Hell no, we won't go. You're not going. What are you talking about? Like I'm, Right now I'm inside. You know, I'm in the light. I'm not, like, I'm not, being, I'm not like being projected right now. I'm in it. I don't want to leave it and become a projection. I don't want an avatar. I don't need an avatar. Your body right now is your avatar. I don't need an avatar. I like being totally enveloped in light. I don't want the trip to ever end. And God says, listen, God says back, you know, it's a conversation. So God says back, because, you know, there's a saying that every soul has to agree to come. So God says back, you think you're in the light. You think you're in, you're in, you know, the vibrations of creation from within. He says, I know, I'm not sure he says this, but let me show you, let me show you what it looks like vibrationally, what it feels like vibrationally if you go spend the next 70, 80 years doing mitzvahs. Doing mitzvahs, learning Torah, praying, doing good deeds for others, helping each other, like making a contribution. Like let me show you what things look like up here. Having come up with a backpack full of mitzvahs. So he gives you a little glimpse and you say, I'll go. And you agree. And you come down in this body. Now, I'm just going to add a little to the conversation. You're like, well, I'd like to go, but, gee, God, there's a lot of liabilities. You know, like, you could could also do some bad stuff down there. You could do stupid stuff. Like, you could really mess yourself up down there. So, like, I like the good part. What about the bad part? (coughs) At which point, God shows you this amazing realm, an amazing realm. And it's called Gehenna. And Gehenna is the place that it's a substrate that the soul's got to pass through. It's got to traverse this substrate. And I don't know what it's made of, but it's basically the bed you slept. It, you sleep in the bed you made. You know, anything you did wrong, you've got to somehow cross it. And I, by the way, I give very detailed classes on Kabbalistically about this, which are really, really fun classes to understand it. But uh, maybe I'll just give a quick uh, one second, like like a thirty second explanation, is you know, you know some guys walking through the Shuk Machane Yehuda town, yeah, he's going through the Shuk Machane Yehuda, and um, and the um, and he, he sees you know the you know it's piled up apples and oranges and avocados and everything, and the guy's just walking by and he's just like, a, and continues his way down the Shuk, which I've seen people do. Now, that apple came from a realm called Adam Kadmon, then Atsilus, then Berea, then Yitzira. I mean, it's, it's ultimately in the words, let there be vegetation upon the earth. But it had to come its, all the way down till it hit a level called Yetzira. Then when it got to the level where apples are in Yetzira, it stopped being brought down. It's, it stopped being on its way down. And then, and then, and then, poof! It shoots down, like secretly down, into that apple, which is now stolen with no bracha made. And he's just chomping on this apple. Now, that apple that got lowered all the way down the light system, all the way down to that realm of Yitzhira, has now gotten lowered by that guy. It gets lowered. The apple gets lowered into a realm that's called Gehenim. And there the apple rests and sits and waits for him to die. Now if you if he does to over the apple. Yeah, I wrote later he like finds God. Another I mean, little... the level where apples, are you serious, Stop being brought down? It's it being on his way down. <laughs> Apple executive on psychedelics, you know, putting strange things for Siri to tell you. Yeah, I said Apple a little too much. So the Apple waits there. Now, obviously, don't be an idiot. You know, like the, the, let's say the guy finds God. You know, he, he's at the hotel and he realizes there's a God, and, and then he does all this truva, and he's like, and for the Apple, and for the Apple that I ate in the sugar. So, what happened? Notice you go down when you say that. You go down. Right? I stole an apple. You go down for that. And why? Why? It's all base. Because the whole world's made of the letters. The whole world's created out of the letters. You have to go down, go through the letters, and raise that stuff back up. But let's say he didn't do tshuva. Or he got hit by a car when he got to... He got hit by a bus on Agrippus when he walked out of the Shook, still chomping on the apple. And so now he's, and now he's up there. So guess who's waiting for him while he has to traverse up to the soul world? What does he have to meet? Guess who he's going to meet? The apple. He's going to meet the apple who got lowered from Yetzirah all the way into Gehenna. He's going to have to meet the apple. And the apple's holding a chainsaw. And he's got fangs, and pointed ears. It's more like a gremlin. Yeah? It's just like, and he's like, I remember you. And the, and the apple's like, yeah, really? <laughs> you know. Anyway, but the, the point is, is that, is that Gehenna is a world that you create. Gehenna is a world you create. Don't create it, you're good. By the way, there are a couple tricks to avoid Gehenna. One of them is, uh, never speak Lush and Hara. Okay, forget that one. So, let's try another. Um, get killed for being a Jew. No, nah, that one's no good either. So, basically, do tshuva. Like, that's all you can do. Like, the third option to avoid Gehenna is, is do tshuva and clean up your Gehenna. Raise up the sparks of everything that you locked down in this world. you got to raise it up. And that's thought, speech, and action because the garments of your soul. Your soul wears clothing just like your body wears clothing your soul where's your thoughts and where's your speech and where's your action so you got to do chuva on all three levels of thought speech and action well that's a good now a good time to stop letting everything in i mean you don't give all your information out why would you let some cokehead in hollywood give everything out into your brain right you don't give all your info out you're pretty you, you hold your cards pretty close to the chest you know you got a password on your smartphone you know like yeah, not everything's available so why would you abandon your own soul the soul to some guy who or gal who have no business in your head take your life back from media and certainly don't har- if you're going to watch media don't like I enjoy media don't harm it don't harm it in the process Now, um, anyway, so your neighbor in the world of souls is like, where are you going, man? We've been here for 367 earth years. Like we're buddies. And, and you're like, I'm going, man, I'm out of here. You know, God just gave me the whole rundown. I've been chosen to go down. It's the right family. It's the right siblings. Everything's perfect. Like I got to go down. It's really funny that all of us might go to a shrink and talk about our, our parents and how do we get stuck in our... And these siblings, and the, and meanwhile, like, like that's how you came down. It was like everything's set up, you know. Whatever you got to go through is all going to be in your own home. Like you, you got it all set up for you. And so, and so, the guy's like, "Where are you going?" You're like, "Bye!" And then he's, you're gone. You know, you're just like, meow, 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 meow. and it's like, you know, your baby. The truth is, it's 40 days after conception, so you're really inside a womb, you're not crying, you're just swimming around in undifferentiated oneness, which is where this is all coming from, because you have to spend the first nine months minus 40 days in undifferentiated oneness before you come into the maze, into this crazy maze called Earth, this giant video game. You have to first spend time in undifferentiated oneness so that you at least know you're here to get back to oneness your real goal is to get back to the oneness which happens through marriage family love commitment community all those things There's, those are all like vibrational resonances with the oneness and that's why those things are like considered of the utmost importance in the Jewish world is because that that's how you get currency in the oneness in this world is through our marriages and it's mostly in our marriages and that's yeah, it's really important we we get there and I have a class online called happy h-a-p-p-e-y it's the six ways of of finding your soulmate expediting finding your soulmate you might want to check that out now you spend your 80 years here and you go up you're going to see as you're on your way up you see your old neighbor for all those years the 367 years you see your old neighbor you're like you're like, yo, and he's like, yo, and you're like, Fah, up to what God showed you where you're going to be hanging out vibrationally. And of course, it's, a, it's like there is no equivalence to where you were compared to where you are now. They're, they're not, there's not even the same language. It's not even, there's no category that, that could connect the two. But just imagine if you showed up right next to him again, if you showed up right next to him again, let's say God gives you like a, a day to hang out before you go all the way. Just so you can appreciate where you're going? Now, what would he say to you? You've been gone for 80 earth years. What would he say to you? Would he say where you've been? Would he say that? No. No, because is there such a thing as time there? No. There is no such thing as time there. And guess what? There's no such thing as time here either. Now, all there really is is the truth of reality. That's all there is. And we're going to end with this, everybody. I'm going to bring it all the way around now. All there really is is truth. There's only MS. That's it. There's only MS. And you don't have to look far and you don't have to look deep into the Torah to know the MS is that you're created in the image of an infinite being. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're holy. You're wanted. You're loved. You're... You wouldn't be here if not. But yet you've been living a very different reality than that. That is not MS. It's not part. It has no. It has no currency. Meaning your dysfunctional way of looking at yourself. The inauthentic version of you that you've been playing with all these years. That inauthentic sense of self that you've had all these years. Has no currency in this world. Nor the next. Meaning. Meaning. It has no basis or reality at all. It's just wasted time, energy, and drama and, and therapist bills. And Why do you think therapists charge so much? Because I mean, you'd also charge that much to hear someone's rerun story just with new characters every week. And some narrative that's, that's based on something that's not even true to begin with. All there really is 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 God. That's all there is. This is just a hologram that he's he's projecting. And your body's an avatar. And he's created consciousness inside of you. That's the USB cable click of a gigantic spiritual thing that you are in the consciousness of your mind. But inside this physical world, the Greeks have wanted you to believe that this is all there is. They want you to somehow have that little thin membrane of you, the click part, that little thin clicker, to be all of you. And the truth is that, that, raise your hand in this room, raise your hand in this room if you've really been looking at yourself as like one body to one soul all these years. Like you've seen yourself as like a body and a soul. Raise your hand if you've seen it as a one to one. And almost everyone in this room, there's probably about 35 of you, almost almost everyone in this room was raised observant, which is a massive failure in education, a massive failure in Jewish education. You are massive, and you, you are awesome, and part of the infinite. You know that intellectually, you were taught that. and yet you've been somehow able to eclipse it with, with stories that you've told yourself about yourself for years and years and years that, that have, cre- until you've ultimately created a whole narrative around it that perpetuates it, as we said before, because dysfunction, meaning sheker, lies, dysfunction with a narrative, is somehow functional for us but it's not true it has no place ever since I healed my stomach I started my seminar the possible you it's already been 19 years I have over 9,000 graduates who have come to discover how to heal their lives and it's it's I don't sorry for all the ladies in the room, i don't do it for women in israel but uh but i do uh i do do it for women in Muncie. and and there will be one in february twenty what's sunday twenty second what's a sunday in february twenty second no what's a sunday near there show me what no no uh twenty third so twenty third i have a men's so sem- uh, what's the Sunday before the twenty third? The sixteenth I have for men in Brooklyn. The twenty-third I have for men in Muncie. February twenty fourth I have for women in Muncie. Yeah. Jerusalem I have for men in English. Uh, next on the nineteenth of January, like next Sunday. I have that's coming up in English. Worth changing your flight for that. People are flying in for it. I already got many people telling me they're flying into israel for that like people from england it's quicker to israel and uh and then i have hebrew Zion shvat but i've been helping people for almost two decades now to get back to themselves and i i did it through my own healing in my own life through the possible you seminar so so you might want to go online and look at that and at least watch some of the videos there If, if you can't come to a seminar at least watch some of those videos and heal your life so that you can live in Emmas and start building your eternity by living your life vibrationally clear and clean and powerfully as the beautiful person that God made you. So if you've been watching this online, so please click on all the appropriate things. The I don't know what they are on whatever platform you're on. If it's follow, share, uh, subscribe. Whatever those things are. And and to help me get the message out, I've got people working for me in my media club. So it's called uh, Join the Club, please. It's the YomTobMediaClub.com. Please join the media club. YomTobMediaClub.com. Shalom, everybody. Salach. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.